Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from boxing to business. Fighting Manny Pacquiao is, is an experience. It's not a fight. Mindset to money. I, I think any business, you have to make it someone's third place. Speaking to some of the world's most interesting people. So that would be considered an example of a biohack, where I'm hacking my biology. From Sutherland, England. Now living in Los Angeles, California. You put him in the ring with me in his day, and I'm talking his best day, and I'm 50 right now. I will knock him out. Here's your host, 2008 Olympic medalist and former undefeated professional boxer, Tony Jeffries. Aaron. How was it going, mate? My man. Thank you for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've been very, very busy lately. Somewhat. Yeah. I think a busy is a relative word, but yeah, I've been busy. You've been non-stop, like on every single podcast that I've ever heard of. You seem to be on lots of podcasts now promoting your new book. That's correct. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, and your new book, Align Method. I just want to get straight into that and we can talk about that. Uh, tell us what this is about, this new book's about. So essentially it's like, I think many people in the modern world are completely dependent their, their, their fitness and wellness is dependent on reaching out to go to a gym or a Pilates or a yoga or, you know, to go see a physical therapist or something of that nature. Uh, if you look at the healthiest cultures around the world, uh, they're not gym cultures. They're not people that just spend time pumping dumbbells and doing squats and stuff. Well, they're doing squats, but they're doing it naturally throughout their life. And, and so our bodies have all the innate inboard healing mechanisms that's all stock parts, stock systems, software that we've kind of abandoned throughout the modern world. Um, but it's the best ways to be healthy, strong, creative, confident, all that stuff. Um, it's all free and you have access to it right now. We've just for the most part have kind of like forgotten that. Right. And so the book is essentially like a user's manual with all of those tools that we've had since the beginning of forever uh, to start to integrate them into our daily life as, as modern humans. Right. What is the healthiest cultures in the world? You said you touched on that. Well, now. you could talk about like the blue zones would be an example. What is that? You know, so blue zones are, there's a guy called Dan Butner that wrote a book called The Blue Zones that gets into uh, various cultures that are, uh, have a high concentration of centenarians. You know, and so there's there's one there's actually one in California, um, there's one in Japan. There's you know there's a handful of different places where it's like wow, there's interesting. There's a lot of these people, you know, they just naturally live to be old. I don't think it is so meaningful that people are living to be old. It's more the quality of life while they're there. Uh, so what I'm interested in is you know there's as far as a cultural example, there's places such as Northern Africa, uh, Southeastern Asia, uh, Eastern Mediterranean. They're places that people regularly are going through a full range of motion with their hips so they're spending time on the ground with regularity right. you know, which is something that we've done again since forever you know still healthy people today will yeah. still be doing this uh those cultures that go through those ranges of motion just through their daily life tasks they have minimal to no incidence of osteoarthritis in their hips uh, very low incidence of oa or osteoarthritis in their knees uh, pelvic floor dysfunction is diminished greatly uh, fall risk is like practically a non thing because the idea of like you know in america in western culture uh i've fallen i can't get up that's the number one reason that elderly need assisted living you know so for your parents for you in the future for your friends all that at some point there 
may be a moment where you lose that autonomy to, oh man, I went down to the ground and now I literally need to like call somebody to help get me back up. Yeah. Uh, that's a product of creating a, a chasm between you and the ground. You know, and if we don't ever leave the ground because we keep, you know, we, we, we squat and we play with kids and we play with dogs and we have a yoga mat down there and a comfy rug and, you know, we drink our coffee while we're sitting on a cushion or something like that. Um, then that quality stays with us. And it's not just the fact that you can get up and down off of the ground. Uh, that's in and of itself is a healing mechanism. When you go through that full range of motion, you are circulating lymphatic fluid out of your lower compartments, out of your legs, you're right. recirculating blood. Uh, you're literally creating more flexibility in and around the, the arteries and the veins and your vascular system. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just one of those onboard systems that right. we have that we've kind of like walked away from. So. How much research has gone into those cultures? Well, those I mean, you can just observe it. You know, as, as far as isolating exactly what the reason for that is, yeah. like it's, it's very apparent that they're going through those ranges of motion. Yeah. Uh, if you look at like the Mediterranean, olive oil is a big thing as mm -hmm. well. You know, so they're getting getting healthy fats and various different uh, chemicals and such that are in the olive oil that are could potentially be correlated with uh, having healthy joints yeah. um, and healthy cognitive function, all that. So right. there's more layers to any question than just one specific dogmatic perspective totally. my dogma is more movement right um but you know i host a podcast where i have all sorts of different people on to talk about all sorts of different conversations right and i respect all the different spokes that are connecting yeah, yeah. into the hub exactly because um, i mean obviously there's tons of different factors that are leading to them living to 100 years and having healthy lives and being able to move and all that but what i was gonna the reason i asked the question is because how how much impact or how strong are their nervous systems? How much of a component is the nervous system? Hmm. Like how much of this movement is building and strengthening that nervous system over time? How how yeah. interlinked to the two? Because you yeah, mentioned about falls and things like that, yeah, perception, balance, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. When you think of, of like falling, you know, you're going through. It goes from a controlled scenario, mm -hmm. a dumbbell curl. Yeah. You know, okay. Cool. A to B. Full extension of the elbow, full flexion of the elbow. Super isolated mm -hmm. situation. When all of a sudden I go into a, a street fight or a boxing match or a yep. parkour thing or wrestling or I just slipped on like a, a, a leaf on the ground. Right. That's just complete chaos. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so in that moment, the way that you prepare for chaos is having... Uh, a good regiment of practice practicing those those balanced positions when mm -hmm. you're not in chaos yeah yeah totally. so every moment throughout the day is an opportunity to start to build that matrix around your ankles and your knees and your hips and yep. your spine and if you can start to cultivate that nervous system through just your daily actions then when the time comes that you do slip on a thing yeah chaos is like oh no no i have patterns to fall back on for that moment totally it's too true functional training yeah. Like I, talk, I have this conversation with clients a lot in the gym like people who come to me in the beginning they don't have a clue how to hinge or squat or um, you know like just basic movements they don't basic have a clue movements. how to do it right yeah. and especially like clients that have that are a little bit older start to teach them this kind of stuff and then I tr translate that to their everyday lives I'm like okay every time you bend down to get something out the bottom of your fridge yep. you get into a hinge pattern every time you get into your car you get into a hinge pattern every time mm -hmm. you just stand up out of a chair we are squatting and if you just create those good habits over time, the simple things that you're talking about, like, oh, I've quickly got to dash across the street because the car come in, they're a little bit quicker and they can do it e yeah. more easily. You know, it's like survival longevity starts to yeah. just go up and up and up. Yeah, movement should be something that you are, not something that you do. 
Yeah. So as long as you yeah, put exactly, it into yeah. a, a container a of cool, I'm doing my movement. Yeah. Like no, 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 you're still missing it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so with, with with you guys with boxing, I'd imagine there's. I mean, I, this I experienced this with, with this with jujitsu. I started seeing jujitsu and everything. You know, so when anybody would walk, they'd move their shoulders in a certain way. I'd say like, oh, we could like throw from that position, or we could do this. That like anywhere you look in the world, I'm like, I'm just I see it everywhere. You know, I would imagine it would be the same. I've never experienced that with boxing because I haven't gotten deep enough into it. Mm-hmm. But I imagine it'd be very similar sensation when yeah. you're walking. You see somebody. You know, you see like, okay, I think you're sizing people up. You just kind of see all these angles. You just see bouncing how they down Main Street, just slipping. You punches. see somebody walk their foot over. They're kind of like tie their feet up. You're like, oh, that'd be a bad idea. Yeah. You start seeing it everywhere because you are boxing because yeah. it's, it's like become a part of you. Mm-hmm. We can do that with I am, you know, my hips. And I am my spine, and I am stability in my neck and my shoulder, and I am my grip. Yeah, you know, because you are, you are all those things. Whether you're paying attention to the meaning of your movement or not, yeah, um, that's what everybody else is paying attention to, whether right. they realize it or not. Yeah, yeah. Is there something that people do every day that you see that they shouldn't be doing, like a, the posture or the way yeah, man, all sorts what, of things. What's the what's the what's the main thing? What the everyday person can improve on? Yeah, right now. It just depends on the angle that you want to look at it from. So you could look at it from like an emotional perspective, and that's a really fascinating direction to go with posture and like the meaning of posture. You know, so there's an interesting. Uh, there's a professor called Albert Moravian that was from UCLA. Came up with a, a thing called the 55-38-7 principle, which uh, essentially states that 55% of our communication comes from our body language, and then 38 comes from our the tone of our voice or tonality, and then seven is the actual words coming out of our face. Wow. Uh, and that's if there's any incongruence between what we are saying with our words and what we're saying with the other parts of our communication. And so if I'm saying something to you now and all of a sudden, you know, my voice starts going high and I start talking really fast and maybe my shoulders roll forward and maybe my hips start kind of veering towards the door and I don't really want to make eye contact. You're like, whatever I'm saying, you're like, okay, he's clearly lying, uncomfortable, having an anxiety, something's going on. Yeah. And I, I see your chatter happening, but I'm, I'm, I'm really listening to your movement. You know, and so what are we doing throughout the day if we're not paying attention to our, our postural expressions, you know, the words that are coming out of our body? Uh, we're telling people that we feel maybe defensive. We're telling people, keep out. We're telling people that I don't feel confident. If you're in, say, a position that would, you know, what would that position be? Like, describe it. If you if you feel sad, if you feel depressed, if you feel scared, if you feel defensive, like, what's yeah, what's your be, body doing? Be like curled up, curled like up, head down, chin head down. might, yep, exactly, might down. go forward. Your shoulders might roll forward. Your spine might kind of go forward. You know, almost like a like a hawk. If that, when a hawk gets like a bunny or some small game food, they like they like hunch over and whoo, they, their wings go up and they whoo, and they like protect the thing. That yeah. It's defensive, like more food. Yeah. You know, so when you're looking at a person holding their cell phone, what you're seeing is literally that pattern that you just described. Yeah. You know, and so oh, right, yeah. You know, you're hunching over, collapse, and then your face might be kind of frowning down a little bit. Your eyes are chronically looking typically down into the right because most people are, are right-handed. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever down into your dominant side where you, you you scroll with your phone, which that sends. I'll come back to the original question, but that eye movement pattern. You just did a thing with Huberman. Uh, who's who's a uh, a buddy, and he's he actually re- revised or helped re- review at least the the sight chapter in the book. Uh, when we our eyes are stuck in that looking down direction, especially off to the right, then there will be a counterbalancing of the muscles in the back of your neck. So you can do it right now. You can think literally if you look up 
with your eyes and put your your hands in the back the, called the suboccipital ridge place in the back of your neck and just start looking up and down up down up down you feel those muscles wink mm-hmm. in the back yeah, there probably, yeah. yeah your eyes are your neck you know so there's no separation there like the, all those systems are tied together yeah so if your eyes are chronically stuck you can think of it's like you're pulling the reins of a horse off to the right now all of a sudden okay now i have to have a, a compensation pattern in my neck to un- to rebalance my eyes and then that down through the rest of your body now all of a sudden i sent this this kink through my whole nervous system because my eyes are chronically stuck staring down at my pocket you know and so those are kind of a, a mechanical perspective but then when you think of how that affects the way that people perceive this person that might be hunched over defensive and then how that person perceives themselves um, that could be the beginning of a lot of lost opportunities throughout their life and they don't realize you know why don't I ever get these damn business deals? Yeah. You no. Know, why do these? Why do I scare girls off? I don't really get it. Right. They're like, well, you're telling them you're closed. Yeah. You know, so if you could start to come into awareness of like, what is the meaning of my movement on a momentary basis? Then you have that rolling momentum, just the way you'd want rolling momentum as an athlete. You know, you don't go into a boxing ring and you're like, cool, like started training this morning before the fight. I'm ready to go. Right. You're like, no, no, I've been training for 20 years and I've had this camp for the last three months or whatever it may be. And now I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. It's the same thing with your movement and conversation in your life. Yeah, well, body language in boxing is, is huge. And our Olympic uh, sports psychologist used to tell us and we used to train on it a little bit about when you're walking around the venue before the fight, yep. your body language is huge. Your opponent might see you, what, what, what do you look like? Now if you're walking around like we've just said, with your head down, shoulders forward, that's gonna give your opponent confidence. But if you're walking around the yeah. venue, head back, head up, shoulders back, looking happy, looking confident, looking strong, now your opponent's gonna be thinking, why the fuck's he not bothered? We're about to fight, why, why is he so confident? Yeah. So, yeah, we, we worked on that as uh, Olympic athletes about the, the, the body the body positioning and your, your posture. It's huge. And then that's also tied, so says science, tied into uh, there's various different research I have in the book around um, the way that that actually impacts you on a hormonal level. You know, So there's the research from Amy Cuddy from Harvard, really popular TED Talk, that she had people go into these, she called power uh, woman poses. She's a woman. Uh, when you go up into, in the book, I call them the aligned archetype, being like an upright, strong position like you're describing. Being in those positions for just a couple minutes, what they found was that uh, through taking saliva samples, they would actually increase testosterone levels and decrease stress hormones from just being in that position that yeah. throughout eternity, when my human animal form is shoulders back, upright, breath is calm, down in the diaphragm, uh, forever that's been like oh cool like we're chilling we're right. calm. we won yeah. there's nothing to defend yeah we're, good. we're totally good you know and then when you go into the other person hunched forward defensive you know your yeah. fist clench and your jaw clench and all that stuff you're like oh, we're fighting yeah that makes a lot of sense so, so your body surges you up with all that yeah. all that stress stuff stress hormones are great you get it every morning and then you get the melatonin thing and it kind of cascades at the at night and then you do that cycle again yeah. every time you take a breath in that's a little bit more of a sympathetic stress response every time right. you take a breath out oh, activates more of that parasympathetic calm side of the nervous mm. system so there's nothing wrong with stress stress is great the issue comes when you are chronically struck and stuck inside of essentially like a, a stress prison 
because your environment has formed you in such a way that it's an inherently stressful structure to be in and then your breath pattern is such a way that that's a, it's a stress inducing breath pattern and then your visual pattern which i know you went really deep in with huberman dr huberman uh all that is another way to start to speak into your nervous system right so if you're chronically stuck staring into your phone or in closed walls uh or under you know artificial lights that are they have an alternating current so it's a it's like a, a really fast flipping yeah. flip, 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 flip. So that's it's irritating to your nervous system if that's what your world is um then adrenal fatigue mm -hmm. and having issues with sleeping you know and maybe feeling kind of anxious and out of it and you know really needing a nap but not knowing how to fall asleep you know that's like that would make sense if you're a chronically stressed system mm. you know, but you can start to start to tease open the knot through all these different angles posture is one of them movement is one of them um, but also you know the sounds in your environment the way you use your eyes your breath all that so talking about stress um, would you see you've got stress under control and figured out I think control would be not the right word for me relationship you know I'm like I have a decent relationship with stress um, I think a big thing that I've found there's been moments where I put what I conceive to be you know, like a fool who persists in their folly will eventually become wise you know so if What's I, that? Sorry, say that again? a fool who will per, who persists in their folly will eventually become wise so if you keep banging your head against the wall over and over and over again like you will learn the lesson at some point it just might take you six months or ten right. years or whatever uh, you know so my folly oftentimes is putting too em too much emphasis on work and too much emphasis on things that don't actually and not looking at the, the joy part of the work or like the community building yeah. or like you know and so to me each day it's very valuable for me to have some piece or hopefully multiple pieces of joy infused as regularly as possible mm. you know so i like to surf and i'll ride my skateboard around and you know I'll, you know whatever go boxing with you guys or yeah. go, like whatever i'm doing that's like this let's just like oh it's right. fun yeah the longer that a person an adult in quotation gets away from that i think the more they start to kind of forget how to do that and if you mm. forget how to do that i think it's almost like kind of like dying inside right you need to stoke that ember mm -hmm. you know if you have an ember you need to you need to blow on it with yeah. regularity. Yeah, I think stress is a big thing. It's a thing that what he just said there was great for us because we sometimes forget to enjoy the work that we do, mm -hmm. and and that's everything really. We we if we take a back seat and we look at what we do, we we love what we do for yeah. all this shit that's going on right now. But sometimes we'll start getting stressed because we want to get there faster. And I'm sure you've been the same at points where you're working. Maybe it was on your book or, or whatever. Yeah. Where you're like, I need to be there. I want to get there. I want to. I want to. I want to be there right now and it's hard to be patient because I think you're you're obviously you're an entrepreneur you've got that business mind would you say yeah yeah, yeah you definitely have sure. so when I feel like when, when, pe when people's got that mind it's like we want to get it fast and because we can't get it fast I'll get it now yeah uh, I think you the, feel stressed <clears throat> the clearer you are on where you want to go sometimes the harder it is because I feel like I'm dead clear on where I'm going and how to get there yeah. and when I want to get there like all these goals we set with the company and the business and where I want to be in three years, five years, all this kind of stuff. It's clear to me what needs doing and when it needs to get done, who needs to do it. It's like, it's there in front of me. Yep. So that kind of creates that like impatience Stress. of like, 
I know what he's doing. Like, why can't it just be done now? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I feel like people who are like still trying to kind of figure out where they're going, they might have a general idea. Yeah. Can, might have like the innocence and kind of more fun with it because it's like, oh, I'm figuring this out as I go. You're also so it's practicing a, a pattern of not you per se, but me. Um, I've been practicing a pattern of like, I will be happy when I will be yes. enough mm. when I will yeah. be loved when I will be fi oh, finally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're like that point. That's it. It's like, no, you're, you're there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're either there. You're not. Yeah. You know? And, and so the reality is we're all there. Everybody in the room right now, we're there. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. we've made it. Yeah. There's, there's at least, you know, yeah. depending some of us more than others, but like there's in fact, lots of people around the world you know, from various countries and whatnot that would look at living in, wow, yeah. Santa Monica, on the beach, yeah. drinking a kombucha, recording <laughs> conversation. Wow. Pulling, pulling Meanwhile, cruising around know, the in people Tesla's. in these positions oftentimes end up going through the most anxiety and depression, you know, and yeah, even, yeah, even sure. suicide. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, like middle-aged white men ending their lives. Yeah. They're like, you're supposed to be the king of the world. Mm. You know, and it's like, no, you can't, they, they can't take that, mm. you know, whereas the people that are closer to the ground, you know, it's like, well, I don't have the, the Tesla and the podcast and the brand and the stress and the meetings and, the, and all this separating my identity from, okay, I am the Tesla and I am my work and I am my watch and I am this idea. The more deeply you're entwined with that idea uh it becomes a really slippery slope because yeah. then that can get taken away from you yeah it's like investing your happiness in the stock market if you're looking at the market each day it's like it's a great day it, oh my god it becomes you, right? like, oh my god it's the worst day oh, yeah. <laughs> interesting i met, i told you this a uh, few days ago i got in an uber a couple of weeks ago and um the guy who picked me up is this old guy he had like a, a sweater on and a, sh a shirt and a tie and he had his jewelry on and he had his music playing and he had like this whole setup in his car and he was just like the happiest guy ever and I was like he's got ready and like put his tie on and put his cologne on and all that and got himself ready and all he's going to do all night is just drive people around LA picking yeah. them up dropping them off yep. listening to his music that's his night out that's and he's just in his element happy as it yeah, can get and I was like envious of that because I'm like yeah. he's probably not making great money or doesn't have like a, like anything miraculously going on like materially or anything like that but it's like he just he don't care he, if he can get in his car drive people around and have a night out in his car just dropping people off he's just happy happiness yeah. and it's like kind of realize that happiness is success you yeah. know well it becomes the 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 game of happiness can become more complicated the more material stuff you're able to invest your consciousness bandwidth into yeah you know, so the more stuff you have around you to pour yourself into totally almost it's like well there's almost less bandwidth for for the the parts that can't be taken away i don't know if you think this but i think la is probably one of that's one of the hardest things about living in on the west side of la is like there's so much amazing stuff everywhere there's like the best cars the best houses people making tons of money the best foods the best weather the best we got like the best of everything mm -hmm. so like you, you like i've got to get be in that i've got to have like i've got to be there's kind of so much comp competitive yeah, element to it yourself. there's always, always that kind of pressure yourself, you're, yeah again, it's just another separation from yeah. yourself 
And people, people say to us, because like, we're from England, like working class towns in England, people over there are like, oh, it must be amazing living out there. I mean, it is, don't get me wrong. But when, you, when you're when you in a small working class town, like there's no pressure to be like better or succeed or have what, what everyone else has. It's just, you're almost looked down upon if you've got something more than other people. Wasn't got. that study kind of getting away from the yeah, movement stuff the a little bit. But there was that study before where it said, <laughs> if you win the lottery, six months later you your happiness is at the same level as it was before you won the lottery right you know you're rich sometimes even less is that what it is yeah, yeah i mean a lot of times it's like when people come back from the moon or they you know you the olympics or something yeah. like that you've based your whole entire life and identity and, mm -hmm. and happiness around that point yeah so having that kernel or belief system that when i get there i will finally be happy yeah. um that gives you hope you know, once you yeah. if you get oh, to yeah. that point, we're like, "Why well, I I won five hundred million dollars? Like yeah. this is it?" And you're like, "I don't feel any different." You know, then it's like, "Oh my god, no, so, where's it, happiness?" It's, right, yeah. it's like the that can um, be really sad. We're, we're, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 speaking of, speaking of the moon, like the whole overview effect. Have you heard of that? The overview course, effect. Yeah, yeah. Like when people go up no. into space. Um, you've heard of this, the Absolutely. overview effect. Like astronauts suffer from yeah. it, right? So they're up there for a few weeks, months, or whatever, seeing the Earth from space, and then when they come back, there's like huge amounts of depression because they're like, oh, "I've just been had this insane perspective. I've seen the Earth from space and I've been up there. Now I'm on Earth. It's like." Ugh. Well, I think the I think the overview effect is it's like uh, the overview effect. The way that I've I've heard it is is kind of like you're looking down and you're seeing Earth as being you know, this one blue aqueous marble of, mm -hmm. of life and all of your memories and all of your thoughts and desires and beliefs and heroes and presidents and evil men and, you know, women and like all those stories are all wrapped up in that, that one, that one marble. Ball. Yeah. Um, I think that the depression part for people is that they made it to the moon. You know, it's like, I, oh, no, there's what, nothing else now, left to do. I right? fucking sell lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> So with the moon thing, what we talked about, and the earth thing, like with the Olympics, we was training for the Olympics for eight years on our program, reached reach the Olympics, doing well there, and then it was like, how's life? I've, I've reached the, yeah. the the highest to heights, the, the highest high ever. I've, I've, I mentioned this on the last podcast a little bit. I've just took heroin in a feeling where you're getting on the Olympic podium. How the hell do I ever come back for that? And now I know writing a book is, is different, but you've worked on your book, you told me for like a year now, over a year, you put all of this time, energy and effort into this book. It's got released, when did it get released? It wasn't that long ago. Just a month ago, yeah. Just a month ago. And is it now, it's like, I can't wait to release the book, I've released the book and... Yeah. Or is it like, it's, well, it's, now it's Amazon yeah, bestseller, that's just fucking great. But then yeah. what? I put a lot of, so one for like getting the book deal and all that stuff was, uh, it was almost it was like beneficial and almost like 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 med medicinal in a way, uh, and then also just because you know I think a lot of people me have experienced like self worth stuff you know or like imposter syndrome and all like who am I to be doing anything like you know what right. Wait, why should anybody trust me I'm just some dude you know and having that like oh wow like these people in New York like they've I thought there's something to this, you know, there, so there was like a little spark of, you know, kind of like Ram Dass calls it like your somebody-ness, you know, so we're, we're, we're trained to be professional somebodies, 
you know, and underneath all of that, we're kind of this this overview effect. We're all kind of a part of this blue marble, and then we kind of puff up our our somebody balloon each day with with certain things. And the book deal itself was this little like inflation. Is like, oh wow, like I'm somebody, right? <laughs> you know. And then you start setting these deadlines, and people are you know puffing you up, and you're puffing each other up, and the whole thing. And then the date finally comes, and yeah, you don't feel any different at all. It's just, you're just like, okay, cool, like. Here it is. You know, yeah. I'm waiting for like an orgasm to happen or something right. like that. I'm like looking down at my cock. I'm like, no, nothing. I'm like, I don't like. There's nothing shining. I'm like, literally, I'm just like coffee. Go for a walk. I'm like, okay, here we go. Do what you do. Yeah, yeah. Here we, uh, this is the next so, thing. Are you gonna do another one? Probably, I will. Yeah, I don't, I'm not thinking about that right now. You not? No. So, so what's next? Well, help, this you, is you, this is next. You help a lot of people. With, with yeah, I appreciate that. Stuff. Yeah, you really so, do. So this is this is what's next is. Um, you know, just so I have an online program as well. Um, and then we have, you know, I'm doing retreats, and the main focus is uh, really making sure that everything else. The book was a nice like wake up call for me of making of leveling up everything. You know, so all of the the ships need to need to rise together. You know, so looking at the way that I I show up in you know literally just any relationship, but also from my my ecosystem that is my business. You know, so my online program and YouTube stuff and Instagram stuff and uh, you know I have the Align Band, which is a self care product, and like making sure that the user experience with every aspect, any entrance point that you come into the Align brand from is at least as good as the book, if not better. I think right. the book is really really good. So it's like okay. <sighs> So that's where I'm at right now is really polishing every aspect of the engine. Right. Yeah. So looking at it, looking at it, so I'll, I'll finish looking at it is almost like create, like you could look at your life like this, like you are melding, you're creating like the perfect samurai sword, you know, so as opposed to just kind of clanking together and whacking it and you're like, cool, like I got a sword kind of, it is like, like how precise can we be with you know, every angle and every hammer and really getting that thing as sharp and refined and precise and shiny and like in alignment as possible. Sounds like me talking about the academy. That's what I want the academy to be. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So you'd be a great person to have part of the team. You know, so you want everybody and then you exist here because you're a reflection of Tony or Tony exists for you because he's a reflection of you or whatever. Like you attract like attracts like. Yeah. yeah. And the only way for that attract that like to be attracted is you have to work on your fucking sword by yourself. For for long enough that all of a sudden you can level up into other people. It's like wow, nice sword. Yeah, like yeah, I hear that quite a lot. Hold our swords together. I I hear that on a regular basis. (laughs) Not that way. Usually, usually usually when I'm in bed, oh, that's a nice sword. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's usually me just talking to myself. Yeah. So, but you could look at you could look at that. It doesn't need if you're not. You work any nine to five job for somebody else. Hopefully, it's something that you love and something you stand behind. Um, you know, but that could be your the samurai sword for you. It could be your thoughts. Yeah. You know, every thought that comes through between my you know my heart or my stomach or my temples or wherever these thoughts come from, it's you know it's it's what I want it to be. Mm. You know, right. it's and and if it's not what I want it to be, I can be in acceptance with that and still maintain contentment. You know, because maybe it's a dark thought, you know, and I can love that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but that I think like we have all these different angles that we can be working from, and uh, just having that that concept or idea of you know we can learn a lot from I think Japanese people they do a good job with so many things. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, so moving <coughs> moving back onto movement, right? Yeah. What well, we we spoke a little bit about uh, what people are doing wrong daily. What what things? What what methods or or, or what movement techniques or what can you give uh, people now who's listening to this so they can improve their lives is there anything you can give them yeah that's Simple literally thing? what the whole book is so yeah I mean there's without, 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 without buying the book no no no, <laughs> that's, no 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 I'm saying that because I'm like yeah we can no pour, yeah yeah so, so, so you right can now. talk about this all yeah. day long yeah. right yeah. Uh, so a, a couple of, a couple of things a couple of great things that you can give me yeah. every day yeah for sure so for one right now we're all sitting in couches um, this is potentially kind of sort of a missed opportunity to like yoga our hips and our spines right. and everything um yeah you know so you could throw a pillow a little pillow back behind your thoracic spine right, right. now so as we're in this position sort of keep it straight yep so i'm literally i'm putting my arm back here as i'm doing this now all of a sudden like i'm a little bit more upright right yeah so as i'm going so i'm, I'm literally like putting myself into that superwoman pose just for a second mm. and so as i'm sitting here it's not just like a woo-woo a, a thing i mean granted there's all sorts of science around that stuff as well there's also science around how posture affects memory acquisition so when you are in more of like this kind of stable upright confident type position it's will be easier this is done in san francisco state university if people want to look it up uh, it was easier for students to access more like feel-good memories from that position. When you go into a, a hunched over, like what I call it, like the mopey archetype position, uh, it's easier for you to access more like, oh man, I, I feel, you know, the time that I my puppy died or the time my girlfriend broke up with me or whatever. Oh, because right, when yeah. you did that, you anchored yourself into that position. You went, oh God, you're breaking up with me? <laughs> and you, oh... So when you put so that like a neurolinguistic programming term is it's called anchoring. You're anchoring that position to that felt state. So now you can access that radio station of, of thoughts and feelings. You know, five years later, ten years later, two months later. Right. You do it from a boxing perspective. You do it with music all the time. You know, so before you go into a fight, there might be there might have been a song. You yeah, know, it might switch or whatever. But there's you might have you know. 10 different anchored songs they're like oh no like i need that song yeah. to go in because it just it it wires my state to be ready to kill yeah. something music's huge right uh, oh it's huge, huge yeah. yeah so is so is movement right <laughs> move, move music moves you right yeah, it, yeah, so, yeah. You, so that music can move you that anchored music can move you into your anchored movement right which moves you into hopefully winning the fight yeah yeah so one putting your you should put, put a cushion behind your yeah, back. So that'd, be a, that'd, be a, that'd be a starting point. Is, is if you have to be in a chair, there's nothing wrong with being in a chair. Like sitting as a new smoking is a thing that guy called James Levine that I reference him in the book quite a bit. Um, he's, he coined that term. Uh, and it's not the whole story. It's not a, a complete statement. Like sitting is inherent to being a human. You know, you're going to sit when you're, you know, whatever. If you're whittling something or if you're making, you're weaving something or you're cutting meat or you're, like, sitting is going to be what you do. Mm. Uh, but the way that you sit, that's the big difference. Right. So you could sit in a deep squat. You could sit in a sukhasana like our cameraman's doing right now. You could yeah. sit in a 90-90 position. You could sit in a straddle position. You yeah. could toe sit. You could seiza, Japanese for correct sitting. Like there's, there's a whole plethora of sitting options that are all therapeutic. We've instead of looking at any of those other options, we do just this one, ugh, mm. collapsed in. Ever since you've been in a stroller, 
Right. So you went through as a child, you went through all these amazing, beautiful developmental patterns and you're cross crawling, your spinal extending, and you're laughing and you're reaching up and then, okay, we're going for a walk and you go, and you mold up into this stroller, you get pushed around, you know, and then from there we put you into the child seat, into the car, you mush you up into the child seat, back into fetal position. Yeah. And they're like, okay, kindergarten starting. You're like, okay, into the chair, you know, okay, you really want to climb a tree, I know, you're freaking out. Um, we have medication for that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, that, yeah. you're like, get me out of here. Yeah. You're like, we need medication. Yeah. ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. No, that, that's so true. That's so true. And yeah, I, I like what I like what you said. Like, I, I'm not. I've seen the way you move. You, you, you great. I'm, I'm not as flexible as you, obviously. But like, when but kids you're look, stable. Yeah. But when yeah, when when, when kids are, are born or when they start to walk. They get in that squat position and they sit in that position all day long. Mm-hmm. No, that yeah. what, what's what's the it's name? It's a of resting that? position. Malasana is what it's called. Yoga, third world squat. Right? Can you do that? Squat, you whatever. Just sit that way. Yeah, yeah. And then just on uh, the baby thing, the diaphragm breathing is huge because by nature, when we're kids, we're belly breathing. Yep. Right. And then we just learn to we just gradually come out of that. Unless you're panicking, then, you know. So so kids are just they're they're perfect. Um, readers of the environment translators yeah. of the environment so if they're freaking out they're freaking out yeah you know and they're and they're, they're not gonna be diaphragmatic breathing anymore they're gonna be breathing up in their clavicles and their yeah. neck and shoulders <laughs> and breathing through their mouth and they're maybe take a deep breath in <gasps> you know i'm surprised yeah you know so they are literally that back to like the overview effect they are like one with the environment yeah yeah then you attach your your somebodyness to go back to the same thread of the ramdas stuff of who I think I am and who I think I'm supposed to, how I think I'm supposed to show up and carry myself. And so then you have that idea, that construct of who you're supposed to be, and then you start missing some of those natural reactions to things. And you just bottle them up because now it's not an appropriate time to respond that way. Whereas a baby just, ah, and then backed into laughing and then loving and then, ah. Yeah. Like that's what a baby does. It goes, it experiences emotion, emotion in, emotion out, emotion in, emotion out. Yeah. Adults sometimes uh, they don't have as 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 good of uh, like purgative systems for emotion, wow. and then eventually it doesn't just go away. You know, it's it, you you swallow it, you keep on moving on with your day, and then you think it's gone, um, but maybe that underlying tone of anxiety could be bottled up emotions that you hadn't addressed for the last two months two years 20 years yeah you know and so uh yeah there's a lot of different options to slowly purge out that stuff though yeah with your movement are you just in good habits now you've been doing it for that long are you in good habits all the time with your daily movement with your daily posture with the way you're sitting do you do it without thinking or have you still got to think about it if i want to do go through and assess my posture right now as I'm sitting in this chair there's all sorts of things that I could like tear apart with it um, you know so I think that what it is is if you can insulate yourself with enough health health inducing factors in your daily life then you can get away with almost anything right but if you don't insulate yourself now all of a sudden you're very susceptible to you know injury or you know bad habits or yeah. you know going out and having a beer could all of a sudden turn into like a real issue or going out and like oh, I'll have a cigarette you know it's like if you're a healthy person that 
you're taking walks regularly and you're squatting and you're moving and you love your family and you're living a life on purpose and you feel like it's just like wow like i'm just like vibing that if that person smokes a cigarette or has a big you know juicy steak or something like that i'm like that's great like no problem you know but you put that same cigarette and the same steak on a person that's stressed out and wound up and been sitting in a cubicle for the last six months and looking at artificial lights and hasn't seen the sun for a really long time yeah. and feels lonely and disconnected and doesn't even know what their purpose is in, in this world like i'm just like floating through the world yeah give that person a cigarette or any drug for that matter and it's like a totally different equation yeah you know so it's always our response you know it's like terrain theory which which is like the the idea that uh, bacteria interacts with our terrain and it's our terrain that determines whether we get sick you know so as opposed to it being like the bacteria giving the bacteria all the power and the pathogens all the power it's like like no like what's the interaction of those bacteria with with the terrain being me yeah 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 that's that's huge that because like if just just on immunity in general like people can travel going on a long flight or whatever and then they get there and they feel like shit and then they're sick and all that yep. and then like I, I, I do alright with it like I take care of myself and like build that immunity leading up to like a long travel for example you like fly forever and just non-stop bounce around yep. and then take like take in that bacteria like you're saying and just be completely fine with yeah, it yeah it's no just problem body just take to that yeah it's all about what did you it's not what did you do before the flight what did you do you know six months before the flight exactly yeah Right. How do you live on a regular and basis? Can you handle that stress yeah. with ease? You know, that's that literally the same conversation as before. It's not what did you do the the day before your boxing match? Exactly. It's yeah. like who are yeah. you? It's yeah. what's the regular? Who the pattern? fuck are you? Yeah. yeah. You know, like that's yeah, what yeah. matters. Totally. Like, no. like I don't care what you did this morning. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. That's great. So I was on your podcast, the Align podcast. Align podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I came on that, and it was a great experience coming to your house then we did some breathing exercises yep. then we got in your ice bath then we did the podcast in a sauna mm -hmm. it was amazing it was like a great day <laughs> and, I, and, I, and i remember leaving there thinking wow that was awesome cool. that was really good so uh talk a little bit about the, the breathing because that's a big thing that you do as well right you, sure. yeah you're in the movement but yeah. breathing as well like the the, the benefits of the sort of breathing. What, what sort of breathing do we do and the benefits of that sort of breathing yeah so we did kind of like a like a holotropic style or kind of similar to like a Wim Hof type yeah. style. Uh, we're essentially kind of doing like a nervous system reset in a way. So you're doing like deep. We do that 30 times a la Wim's Wim style. And then we do a long exhalation and then a breath hold uh, in after that. And then a kind of like a normal inhalation and a breath hold after that. And a couple things happen with breathing like that. One, when you're taking yourself through, in the book we call it like your, like your fifth gear of respiration, you know, you're like huffing and puffing on the top of a mountain or you're, you know, you're, you're, you're having sex or you're like, you know, whatever it may be that you're just, you're going into that, that higher end of your respiratory capacity. Well, if you don't have a mountain to climb up or a person to climb on top of, you can just do that style of breath and mimic that at a physiological level, just literally sitting in a room. Yeah. You know, so if you wanted to kind of put yourself more into that state, like the way that you'd feel 
after sex or after climbing that mountain, you're like, fuck, man, I'm in this office. Like, I don't, this is great listening to this podcast, but like, I just don't, I don't have these kind of options, man. You're know, like, okay, cool. Well, what if we replicated that? What if you have a wank and then breathe it up? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> or breathe like that what and then have a wank. people don't see is my, yeah. my hand gesture as I'm saying all this. You know, so, so, so as, you, as you're sitting there in your chair, ideally the floor even, you know, so if you're on the floor, you're mobilizing your hips and all that stuff. Um, and to go through that range of motion, you had to, you know, go th- open up your ankles and your knees. It's like a healthy thing to do. But you could take yourself through that breathing practice and literally put you into that same, you know, mental, emotional, and physiological state that you would be had you been doing exercise. Yeah. Because your respiratory function is directly tied back into the rest of the systems. Uh, the other thing that we do with that is the long exhalation uh, and then a breath hold which helps us become less sensitive to CO2. So when you need to take a breath in, it's because you have that buildup of CO2 in your bloodstream. If you become more comfortable with not taking air when you think you need it, all of a sudden your body will end up actually, uh, the red blood cells will create more oxygen more effectively because they get the signal that you have less access to breaths. So if there's less air in the room, your body's like, okay, well, it's just like a business. You know, like if you're a billion dollar a year business and be like, okay, let's, we're spending money. You know, like, woo, like get it, whatever it is, don't care, get it. You know, but it's like, no, 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 we're like a $50,000 a year business and I have employees to pay. (laughs) Like we're like scratching. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, well, let's get real precise. (laughs) You know, so it's a similar thing with the way that your circulation of red blood cells works in your body. If you get the memo that you're a... When you're just eating a donut, it's like, you're like, okay, that's like a gluttonous bloodstream. Like we need to, we'll just have to produce, we don't have to be so efficient because there's just so much air, Mm. you know, so you can kind of teach yourself to be more efficient um, with breath by, by restricting a little bit and you'll literally have richer uh, red blood cells yeah. of oxygen. And then as well, when we've done it, I've done it before, I've I've been to a Wim Hof uh, seminar and the tingles that you get in your, in oh, your yeah. full body. Tetanies is what they call it. Tetanies. Tetanies, yeah. That feels amazing. What What is that? Is that <coughs> just the, the oxygen coming into the red blood cells or what? what is that? I don't have enough of a scientific explanation of what that is exactly. Right. To, I could, Do you bull, know? I could bullshit it's the re-oxygenation you. of your blood. So like, it's like re- the regenerating of your blood cells, I think. Yeah. I've, so I've, like when I'll do like hot sauna, cold plunge, and then straight out of the cold plunge into a warm water again that's when I get the tingles right. and it's just that reoxygenating of the blood from the cold plunge that I think that that creates that effect yeah mm. I don't know I've, I've like done enough podcasts where I, I try to bullshit my way through answers <laughs> yeah and then I listened after I was like that was wrong <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah that was, that was it's wrong. always better <laughs> if you don't know the answer <laughs> so just, just yeah. like I don't know why we get those tingles. What, what <laughs> I think it's the yeah. I think it's the capillaries that are responding that create the tingles. Does yeah. anyone know? Could be wrong. Let, let no, no, I'm, I'm with I'm with yeah. that. I'm, I'm down with that. Then then the, then the ice bath. <laughs> then the ice bath. I love the ice baths. I, I like the cold showers. But the ice baths taught a little bit about that. Yeah, is that in your the book? Ice bath's great. Do you talk about that in your book? As oh well? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd put it all in there. Yeah, the so the the ice bath is great. Uh, because again, all this stuff ties together, you know, so if you are a body that is accustomed in always being in a set temperature room, you know, so wow, the temperature never really leaves like 68, 
you know, your body's just like, okay, cool. Like, well, I pretty much from a, a, a thermoregulatory perspective need to do absolutely nothing. You know, so cool. You got this. All right. We're just going to atrophy and kind of right. like kind of just get lazy and kind of yeah. walk away from you. Whereas if you put yourself into a cold environment or a hot environment, all of a sudden your body's like, oh, you need me? So like, okay, work. I'll show up. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so all of a sudden you get, you know, this release of cold shock proteins if you're in the cold or heat shock proteins if you're in the heat and you get this immune response. And, you know, Wim Hof was shown to be able to reverse, uh, what was oh, yeah. it? What I think was it was a coli or something terrible. Uh, people were, they injected them. I think it was a coli. Um, but maybe, maybe not fact check that part. But they injected, uh, the, the the contestants or the subjects in the study, the breathers and the colders, uh, with something that was a pretty pretty strong bummer, I think a coli, and through the breath practice and the meditation, the cold exposure, because it's not just any one. It's again, it's all tied together. Uh, they were able to boost their immune system enough that right. it actually wasn't an issue at all. Yeah. We're expo- we, we we all have cancer, like it's in our bodies. It's happening right now. We all have cancer. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's cancer cells. Yeah, it's a You've thing. You kind of said something. Oxygenate, oxygenation of cells. Yeah. That's scary. Oxid- well, it's oxida- not. Oxidative no, stress. No, it's not. No, I no. mean, it is scary to think that it, <gasps> it could come out and you could be fucked up. Like, yeah, soon. yeah. I mean, we all have Staphylococcus, and you know, we have that's on our skin. It's there. It's a, right. whether it expresses its style. A lot of people have herpes. You know, it's like a lot of people have herpes their whole life and they don't even realize it because they're not, they hadn't yeah, wigging out and stressed and they, they sleep and they feel resourced mm. and you're like, oh, wow. Right. You know, a lot of people die and then the coroner finds like, wow, they had a pretty fucked up tumor this whole time. Wow. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like, yeah, they just kind of keep on going. You know, they were all right. <laughs> yeah. It's how you respond If you think things. about it, when you're taking CO2, that's oxidative, that's oxidative stress, right? That's stressing out the cells. Sure. It's just how that's managed and how those cells recover that stop them from create, creating the tumours. Yeah, yeah. So after I left your place, I was like, I need to be like more like Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at buying a sauna, an ice bath, I start breathing, I start walking around my shoulder back, start trying to do a split. <laughs> uh, I want to be him. That's uh, great. No, but uh, deep I, breathing when you're wanking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I did right after you left. <laughs> that deep breathing wank. <laughs> so much yeah. tension. Yes. <laughs> well, let, let, let's cut that little clip out. That'll be a, a good 15 second Instagram story. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to go. Oh yeah. So, you, so, so, so your ice bath. Uh, let, let's talk about. Your ice bath, because what I've done in the in the past is I've just bought buckets of fucking ice and poured them in in my bath and got in there. Yeah. But I love that style of ice bath. You've got your deep chest freezer. Yeah, it's like incredibly inefficient to have like the pig trough and like go right. down to the market and buy fifty pounds of ice and they have all these plastic bags and it costs yeah. you like forty bucks to have the experience. It's, it's like wild. You can buy. I have a, a blog. It's alignedpodcast.com slash just go to blog what is it cold plunge anyways there's a blog that's i break down every individual detail where you literally just click the link and uh you can go to home depot or they'll come to you rather and it's like 500 bucks and it's nothing it's crazy 
So you can get like the proper, you know, cold thermogenesis super baths that are like super expensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just get the ice ice chest and you literally, um, they deliver it. You know, a couple dudes come with their like back strap thing as they yeah, put yeah. it wherever the heck you want. You seal up one seam on it, which I have broken down in the blog. Um, and uh, yeah, you're off to the races. Fill it up with some water and, you know, get yeah, it down to like 40, so- 45 or so. So that's that's one of them things, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect size. As it's well, super simple, man. Yeah, and it makes like a, what I like about it. The reason that I do my podcast with the you know the ice bath and the sauna, and I'll usually do like acro yoga and weird crap with people, or you know even do like a session with them beforehand. Is I like to uh, create an experience for the person. And what happens as you do that, there's a a fancy term called embodied cognition, which essentially means that our thoughts, feelings, emotions respond to textures in our environment, uh, temperatures in our environment. You know, we are our environment. Right. You know, so if I am uh, holding a warm cup of tea or coffee or what have you, as I'm talking to someone, I will perceive that person as being a little bit warmer, a little bit more open and like comforting, you know, whereas all of a sudden, like you start cranking up the air conditioning in the room or, you know, you make the lights really violent. Sometimes, you know, I did like a a TV thing like last week and it's like a a weird, it's so different than most podcasts because you're just like, like full lights you're like okay like be normal (laughs) you know and that from an embodied cognition perspective uh it's really hard to be normal when you're like a deer in the headlights right type sensation yeah you know so being cognizant or being aware of the environment you know it's like in psychedelic research it's like all about set and sighting you know so when someone comes into a room what's the quality of the rug on the ground and what's the colors in the room and what's the you know the temperature of the room what's the smell of the room what's the organization of the room because all of that is setting the tone for the way that that person literally thinks feels and perceives you Mm. so that's kind of why i have it and and just putting people into like a peak experience in quotations i think creates good conversation yeah yeah it's great well, mate, it's been great having you on this episode. You know, I've got a list of things here that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> and I think we touched on one of them. That's good. Yeah, but no, it's been great. Off one by one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been great, mate. Um, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? Um, I mean, the get the Align Method book would be the the first obvious thing. That's Amazon. Amazon would probably Best be the most seller. likely place. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, it's in any bookstore or any place that you go for that. Great. But yeah, Amazon would probably be the easiest place. Um, and then I also host the Align podcast. Then I'll release our episode on the same day. Whenever this comes oh, out, nice, I'll be great. releasing yeah. an, an episode with, with uh, you, Tony. Yeah. And uh, everything's at Align podcast on yeah. Instagram and all that stuff. And I recommend go to his Instagram, check it out because you've got educational stuff on there as well. And it's cool. So yeah. you're doing these mad movements. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly thirst trap and dick pics, but then there's, <laughs> there's, there's the occasional instructional video. <laughs> Great. Thank Thanks you for listening. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> so you've got loads of followers now. I won't exactly. see you. <laughs> and you breathe the methods of wagon. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, we'll see you then. <laughs>